0: Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruschi from Real Ghost Stories Online. You know, we love doing the show for you every single week, but doing the show is not free. So if you enjoy the show, we ask, maybe uh, consider helping us out a bit and supporting it.
1: You can do that by becoming an EPP at realghoststoriesonline.com.
0: EPP means extra podcast person. You get an extra podcast for your support of the show. Every single week, we send you a brand new one,
1: and you get access to our past archive of EPP episodes as well.
0: Right now, that's more than 15 bonus episodes, along with the weekly episode that you'll be getting every single week for only five bucks a month.
1: If you like the show, help keep us on the air
0: and become an EPP at realghoststoriesonline.com today.
1: And thank you.
2: Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your Real Ghost Story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the
3: undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online.
0: Today, after relocating to a quaint little town in Arkansas, a couple quickly learns the tales around town of ghosts are, in fact true a listener shares a story of a ghost girl ghost little girl and her ever changing wardrobe this is a this is not sarah this is a new ghost little girl story
1: it is All and right. it's in response to our question about whether or not ghosts change their appearance
0: okay should be interesting an antique mirror with a storied past is protected by a guardian that lives within it. Hey, all the more reason to buy antique mirrors. And a young boy's family fears that the boy is not making up stories as they begin to see what is terrifying him at night. Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again.
1: Hello. Wouldn't
0: that be horrible if your child's like sitting there for weeks and months on end, you know, telling you about like some horrible thing that lives in their room, and you're just like, yeah, it's your imagination. Go to bed. Go to bed go to bed, and then all of a sudden you're like in the basement in the other room and you see it.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, shit!
0: This thing's been scarring my child for months!
1: I, I would feel like
0: parent of the year then.
1: I really would.
0: Well, it's it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things. You don't really, uh, kids make shit up. <laughs> so a lot of times it's hard to tell when they are or when they're not.
1: They do. Yeah.
0: It's like the little boy who cried wolf. Although, you know, it really depends on the kid, too, how out of character it is for them to, to say something and how descriptive it is and what it is, but... Sure. I don't know. wonder how many of those tales are like that.
1: I bet you more kids see things than are actually given credit for.
0: Then they grow up and write into our show, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, yeah, um, so I told my parents this, and they just told me to go back to bed, but uh, here's the shit that was going on in my room at night. <laughs> It really was true. It's true. We've had so many stories that were uh, written a little more eloquently than that. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, it happens, and that's the interesting thing. If you have a real ghost story you'd like to share with us, you can call it in 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 855 853 4802. That is our phone number, 855 853 4802. Or you can always write in through the website at Real Ghost Stories Online and share your real ghost story with us that way. So, multiple ways to get the stories into the show. We are going to kick off today's episode with uh, a letter coming to us from. Uh, Tracy Tracy writes in, Hi, guys. I absolutely love your show. I'm a silversmith, and I work from home, and I sit here and listen to your podcast almost every single night. It helps my night go by faster, and I just love the stories. Not only that you are so funny together, but a great couple. Jenny, you're a total crack-up. Your reactions to your husband are priceless. I like to say lack thereof sometimes, where it's like, I think I have something really good to say, and then it's like, okay, and uh, moving on. <laughs> Sorry. I do have a few ghost stories, she says. Since I uh, live uh, in one of the creepiest towns in the United States, I never believed in the afterlife until I moved to this town. I moved to Eureka Springs, Arkansas, two and a half years ago. I didn't know Eureka Springs was known for ghosts.
1: It's kind of of got an interesting history. Really? Yeah, I don't know all of it, but I know that there's some stuff that goes on around that area.
0: It's just because it's like Eureka! Nope. Like Erie, Indiana. No. No, not quite the same? No. Remember that show when Erie, Indiana was on TV that was like mid, probably early 90s?
1: I do remember. It's a great show. Yeah. Like
0: lasted one season and they just kept putting it in weird time slots. Anyhow. I'm an artist and I've always wanted to move to this area. Now that I work from home, I'm finally able to move here and it's everything I expected plus some. When we first moved into town, my husband went to work at a local downtown pub called Smokey's Firehouse. It's an old, run-down building right across from the courthouse. The poor building has seen better days, for sure. The bar was upstairs, and downstairs was closed to the public. Anyway, my husband worked there for a few months and started hearing ghost stories from the locals. Supposedly, some dark man haunted the building. The locals said you could see him walking from the kitchen to the bathroom sometimes. Nothing happened to my husband at first until one night when I was helping him close figures I'd be there when shit finally went down. I was standing in between the bar and the kitchen chatting with the hubby when all of a sudden I heard something in the kitchen above the walkway, actually in the kitchen. There were hooks with hanging pots. One of them came up off the hook and flew across the kitchen and onto the floor right in front of the step. It was like it was thrown across the room, but there was not a soul in there. I'd never experienced anything paranormal in my life at that point, and it scared the shit out of me. My heart was pounding out of my chest, and I had that deep fear. You know, that beyond scared feeling when you think a monster was under your bed when you were a kid? Yeah, that scared. I told my husband I wanted nothing to do with that place anymore, and he could shut it down by himself. did not even believe in an afterlife until I saw that. After that, the ghost started messing with my husband, My husband was a tough military man back in his day, and he's a man's kind of man. He isn't scared of anything and doesn't put up with shit. Until that ghost started messing with him. One night he called me at home, screaming and freaking out. His voice was strained like I'd never heard it before. He usually does not lose his cool like this, and I've never seen him scared of anything in the 11 years we've been together. He was screaming at it. Excuse me for the F word here. Get the fuck out of, uh, get the fuck away from me, you son of a bitch. Don't be fucking with me. Don't you dare fuck with me or I'll burn this bitch down. I'm thinking he said it a little more.
1: Like a man's man?
0: Should I say it like, should I redo the whole thing? Like a man's man?
1: (laughs) I would just move on.
0: (laughs) All I could think was that damn thing was going to follow him home. I told him to stop it and step outside. Calm down. You don't want this thing following you home. Please, please, please do not piss it off. I guess he had taken his money out of the register to count down the drawer end of the night of the bar. Once he had pulled the money out and started counting, he realized he forgot to clean the bathroom. So he grabbed a bar towel and went and did a quick cleanup job. When he came back, all of the money was put back into the register. "'Then he flipped out and called me. "'I know he's a very attentive man. "'He pays attention to his surroundings at all times. "'He was a ranger, and that's just what they do. "'He knows it put the money back in the register. "'I calmed him down. and "'He was at least able to go in and shut the bar down. "'All I could do was pray when he was on the way home "'that nothing followed him. "'Thank goodness whatever it was did stay at the bar.' Still freaks him out to this day. He didn't believe any of this paranormal crap either until we moved here. This is one creepy little town. The Crescent Motel is a huge ghost hunting spot in this town for tourists. Personally, I think the bar and the bars are more haunted. Tracy.
1: I've heard of the Crescent Hotel. Have you heard that before?
0: Mm, I'm so bad at remembering names of things, so if I have, I don't know.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Is it like an
0: Unsolved Mysteries?
1: No, I don't think so. I'm not sure what TV show I saw it on, but, okay. um, you know, Eureka Springs isn't that far from here. So that's why I had heard of it before, because I've known people that go down to that area to vacation.
0: Eureka. We should go. Okay. It'd be fun. I just want to say that word. It's just, I'm sure the people in that town hate it. Tell you what, I will pronounce it dump you
1: off in Eureka, Kansas, and you can scream Eureka all you want.
0: Go to Eureka, Arkansas? No. Because that's how they say Arkansas in this state. Yeah, they gotta really hate that there. Do you? Th- okay. Here we is go. Is it just the river that Kansans call the Arkansas, or they call the state Arkansas too?
1: No, we call the state Arkansas.
0: Okay. But I don't know. I'm just asking. I don't know if that's like how it's in the school system or how that all works.
1: But, Ark City, which is Arkansas City.
0: Yeah, that's is Ar-
1: pronounced as Arkansas City.
0: Is that where it originates?
1: I don't know. But people just that gets old so they just call it Ark City.
0: See, when I first moved here I thought there was two different cities. No. I thought there was like an Ark City and Arkansas and Arkansas City was a different city. I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah. It's the same
0: place. Oh, the joys of Kansas. Eight five five eight five three forty eight oh two. There's our phone number here at Will Go Stories Online. There's a lot of fun although every state has weird towns.
1: I was gonna say you're from Wisconsin and you're gonna knock yeah. the weird towns around. Oh here. good
0: luck reading any of those if you've never been there. <laughs> uh, that's just a fun thing to do. When you take like a new person up north and you're going down the road and there's like the sign that like there's you know, eight towns listed and the mile marker of how far away they are. It's like, okay, I'll give you five bucks if you can pronounce any of them.
1: You and I played that the first time we went up there. And
0: it's it's difficult. It's, I don't know how to pronounce half of them, and I'm from there.
1: It's a tongue-tying t- thing to do.
0: Well, it's it's foreign names. It's There's a lot of real German names. There's a lot of real, like, Scandinavian names of towns, and they're very traditional names. And they're, it's like, What? Yeah. But it is what it is. There's some where you're like, oh, is that what how it's that's what it looks like on paper? Like <laughs> ones you've heard of your whole life, you just didn't know what it, how to on earth to spell it. Yeah. There's a lot of that, but in Michigan, same. Every state has it, especially with states with you know older histories and, and lineage and stuff. Oh yeah. So, Joe writes in. Hi, Tony and Jenny. Tony, you asked about ghosts being able to change clothes the other day. Well, I might have an answer with the following story. This one happened after my divorce and times were very turbulent for me. Moved in with my brother at an apartment complex in Holland, Michigan. Hey, another Holland, Michigan letter. We did one the other day, too, didn't we? We did. Ah, They have the big windmill there uh, right after the proceedings. Uh, I also had started working the third shift schedule, so at first it wasn't so obvious to me that there was something going on. But on a Saturday morning, as I fell asleep in my darkened room, I saw the silhouette of a little girl standing in my closet directly in front of my bed. She was wearing a light uh, canary, yellow Sunday dress with ruffles. I squinted, looked again, and it was gone. So I ignored it and fell asleep. Later on, while I was making myself a sandwich in the kitchen, a young blonde girl ran by the kitchen counter, startling me a bit. But since my brother had a young blonde-headed daughter named Zoe, I didn't make much of it Till I realized I was completely alone. Still trying to ignore it, I sat and worked on my PC, caught a glimpse of two young kids standing behind me just at the corner of my eye, a boy and a girl, neither older than nine, I'd say. She had blonde hair and wearing a white sleeping gown. He was wearing brown pants and a white shirt that was unbuttoned halfway. Their shadows silhouetted against the wall in front of me. I quickly looked back and there'd be nobody there. I'd see the shadow run across the same wall in front of me. The quick burst of energy when it ran past me startled me every single time it did and I just had to look back. Days passed and I decided to try and ignore it as... I had no other place to go at the time. So when I stopped responding to the running shadows, it started getting really close to me. The energy felt dark and malevolent. Nothing like a child would feel like. It felt like it meant to hurt me. For a few nights, I woke up with scratches on my forearms. Single line scratch marks, thin and long as if done with a needle. On one night, my kids were over watching a movie with me. The TV is on the same direction, the door to my room is, so we sat facing that way through the movie. It was later in the evening when my youngest son started giggling. He giggled a few more times and seeing nothing funny on the movie at the time, I asked him what was funny. He said, it's Zoe. She's being silly. My brother's daughter Zoe was also there, but she had fallen asleep right next to my son. I asked him, what's Zoe doing? And he pointed at my bedroom door and said, she's playing peekaboo. As I looked over to the door, I clearly saw the blonde-headed little girl in a fluffy, shoulder-white dress hiding quickly behind the door in my room. I knew for a fact that there was nobody there, and it creeped me out so bad I had to sleep in the living room that night. On another night, I was fast asleep in bed when I woke up to the feeling of being watched. I opened my eyes quickly and saw the pale face of a young girl staring intently at my face. Her face was not but a few inches away from mine. She might have been eight or nine years old, blonde hair, pale skin, and was completely nude. Her eyes, I'll never forget. They were darker than black, completely empty holes of darkness. She scared the shit out of me. I actually screamed out, Ah, and oh my God, something I've never done in any other encounter before. Jumped to my feet in two shits of a jackrabbit. Well, that's a new one. And turned the lights on. I screamed at it to never, ever do that again. I was scared, but at the same time, I was so pissed off that I think the anger was more than the fear. I did go back to sleep that night, but left the lights on. The next day, I asked my brother if he heard my screams in the middle of the night. He said no, but he had a very interesting story of his own. On that night, he and his girlfriend woke up to an older blonde girl crying in their room. They sat up in bed, staring at this girl crouched over on a corner, crying, trying to make sense of it. She suggested it might be a girl I had brought home and had an argument with. He asked her who she was, my brother got up to turn the lights on. Just as the light went on, and both of them having their eyes on her, she disappeared. Completely gone, with nowhere to hide, they had to accept it as a paranormal event which shook them up for months. They described her as a 19- or 20-year-old blonde wearing knee-length white sleeping gown with puffy shoulders. Before I moved out, I consulted with my... Exorcist Grandma, and she gave me a Catholic ritual and prayer to cleanse the place. They make a great movie, Exorcist Grandma.
1: Well, you remember the story from before?
0: Yes, I do recall that.
1: It's the same joke.
0: Oh, okay. Very cool. I did it, and I think it worked because I never heard anything else happening after that. But what was it? Might it have been a little girl who died around there? If so, why did she appear completely nude, and why were her eyes full of darkness? Might she been a victim of sexual abuse? Or was it a dark entity trying to draw me in with parental concern? I'll never know, but one thing I do know is that the little girl changed outfits on me several times. More stories to come, guys. Thanks for reading my story. Much love for you guys and your work. Joe.
1: I could actually go a couple different directions on this story. Okay. Okay, first idea I had was okay, there's multiple entities in this house, which mm-hmm. we've had stories like that before where you have just your regular human ghost plus something dark, and sometimes they even kinda, you know, fight against each other. Sure. Or it's just something dark that's using the ploy of a little girl and that's why it's able to change what it looks like.
0: Mhm. I'm going with that. Okay. That's where I'm going with the changing of the clothes. So we we already know for the most part. I think that like darker entities that were never human, for the most part, seem to have the ability to change the way they look, which would also in turn be clothes too, and their appearance. They can pretty much do whatever they want,
1: or the age, and or the case. age.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, really, form in general, right? You know, uh, as far as that goes, um, I'm going to go with that just because of the multiple changes and seemingly continually trying to lure people to it. With okay. like concern, you know, girl crying in the corner. That's creepy as shit. Um, just, you know, waking up and seeing that in your room. Right. And it's, its you know, it's not one of your kids or someone who shouldn't be there. Um, but it doesn't yet answer, can the people ghosts, ghosts who are once human, can they change their clothes? Right. That's my question still. Right, <laughs> but you know, if I it, if it think this were dark, it would answer it a little bit. But I think I think it's something. I else.
1: think it's something else. Yeah. So,
0: very interesting story. Thanks for the call. I w- I would love if uh, I wonder if his exorcist grandma can ever like share any stories.
1: I don't know if she's still around.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Because Joe's at least an adult, I'm assuming, so I don't know. Well,
0: Joe, if your actress's grandma is around, I would love to hear some of her stories, if everyone could sit down with her and, you know, get her to write a letter or even call in and share. I don't know. It's up to you guys, but if she is around, it'd be really interesting. If not, He's doing a great job sharing some of these stories and interactions that he's had. Definitely. So, we love those stories, Joe. Thank you. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Of course, if you like the show, press the subscribe button. It's simple. It's easy. It takes like half a second. And then all the shows go directly to your device. And it's free. Yeah. Uh, so uh, press subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, whatever the case may be. It uh, also helps our show grow, so please do press subscribe. Let's go to caller, Vance. Hi.
2: Hi, my name is Vance Gabriel. I come from the Philippines, but I currently reside in Tacoma, Washington. My story is basically how the whole concept of paranormal got to me. So when I was about 10 years old, I was just, in you know, a normal elementary school kid, I think it's around that age, whatever, but... I was doing a report on something, totally not to the subject, but I had a lot of these magazines, um, National Geographic magazines. I basically was like carrying it to my room. By the way, the house that I reside in is just like a two bedroom house, um, economical and stuff like that. And about it, it was actually a pretty normal night. Nothing really out of the ordinary nothing that you would that would surprise you honestly but when i was carrying it in i saw this glowing orb it was plain as day um it it was not see-through at all it was just so white and radiant it like when i looked at it i thought i'm like oh my god what the hell do i do I, I stood there for a second. Then my body just, I guess, nudge itself, punch itself in the a, a side or something. And then like, oh crap, is that a ghost? Is that a supernatural entity? And at that point, I just, it's like sort of when you're, um, when you're acting, it's like, oh my gosh, that's scary. It's like, I literally went like, what? ah, mom, there's something in the room. Help me, help me. My mom went in the room. When we came back into the room, nothing was there. At the time, nobody in my family died. I had nobody, no relation with anyone that passed away or anything like that. So that, to me, that was a very freaky experience. Or also, it's because my mom is technically clair- clairvoyant and has supernatural powers that she can see in the future and other supernatural things throughout my mother's side who are also supernaturally connected, I guess. But yeah, I love the show. Jenny's awesome. Tony, you totally sound like Ryan Seacrest, just telling you. And I would like to call back again next time. I'm oh. out stories about Ouija boards and experiences that like, literally happen to me, a possession and stuff like that. Alright, bye guys!
0: And this is American Idol. There you go. You like that?
1: Yeah, I... Vance, I understand these. You, you don't know who it might be, but that's just it. It could be anybody. And I think what's unsettling is the fact that you don't like stranger people in your house when they're alive, let alone when their orbs are dead or, or anything like that. It's so a real
0: stranger danger when once they're dead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you know, even though you, you don't know who it is, it it's probably still an orb. And it sounds like if sensitivity runs in your family that that may not be the last one you see.
0: I agree. Are you
1: just going to sit there and nod?
0: <laughs> kind of, yes, because I, I realize nodding works really well for radio. There you go. Just sit there and nod. I had a co-host that did that once. Really? It was hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, it was just like, are you freaking serious? It's like you're doing a morning show, and you just sit there and nod when we're talking about something. <laughs> interject say something it's what we do even if you have nothing to say make some shit up i do it all the time but uh yeah eventually i got her canned that's nice
1: well i was trying
0: to do a show
1: you could have taught her what to do
0: uh that's kind of common sense when you're on the radio and i did try i'm like i there was several times like you know you can interject i said nothing to say i don't your job is to have something to say when you're a co-host that is your job an option in that position is not i had nothing to say it's just not it's it's like being a airline pilot in the middle of the flight going i don't feel like flying i just i'm not in the mood i'm just gonna sit back here and have a rum and coke and some pretzels you know it's just (laughs) like it's not an option you have to do it yeah so come up with some shit and if you can't do it then get out of the business and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, uh, she was an interesting one.
1: Doesn't sound like she was. If she couldn't come up with it. Well, off the air,
0: she sure as hell was. There was some very bizarro shit that she told me. Like, you want to hear some of it?
1: No. Let's get to ghost stories. Oh, this,
0: it, it's kind of along those lines.
1: I'm going to regret this.
0: Go ahead. <laughs> uh, she talked all the time about the ghosts in her house which was fine I went the ghosts and everything um uh oh there was all sorts of just weird shit um
1: I don't think that's weird. Oh,
0: that, no, I go beyond. I'm not saying the ghost shit was weird. That's that I'm cool with, and it was kind of interesting because I think she lived like in a haunted schoolhouse or something. Okay. Um, but that was kind of neat, and I, I'm not saying weird shit was a ghost. The weird shit came in when she was talking about how she used to be a dominatrix, uh, pre- in, previously to getting into radio in Detroit for like, uh, uh, and she was naming off these high-profile like political people
1: and. That has everything to do with ghost Nothing stories. at all. Okay. But it
0: was just like, okay. And then she'd like get into stories. Oh, this is off the air. She'd have all these... If we could talk about some of the shit on the air, oh, there was like a top 40 station that kids were listening to. So it really wasn't appropriate at the time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, very disturbing some of the things she would tell me. And I would be like, okay, well let's talk about the uh american idol from last night <laughs> and, and the blizzard that's coming in and then you try and throw it to her in silence that was morning radio Ah, uh, yes. 855 4802 Matt writes in. Hi, Tony. I thought I'd share this incident with you. I live in England uh, in Cheshire when I was younger, about 12 years of age. I used to stay at my grandmother's house and my parents were working. My grandmother lived alone as many as my uh, grandfather passed away a few years earlier. My grandmother owned a really old mirror. She told me that the mirror frame was carved from wood that was cut down from the Black Forest in Germany and that the glass mirror was taken from an old, ruined church in Romania. I had no reason to doubt this, as my distant family had ties to these areas many years ago. Anyway, during a couple of my many stays in this house, I noticed a very strange thing indeed. At first, I tend not to pay attention or simply refuse to acknowledge this occurrence, but then it started happening more and more frequently. I think the realization and lack of understanding terrified me to a point where I no longer wanted to stay at my grandmother's house anymore. The first time the occurrence happened was on a Sunday afternoon. I was playing in grandmother's parlor on the rocking chair. I was told time and time again not to do this, as I may break it, but being a young lad, I took no notice. This particular afternoon was very stormy, so I decided to stay indoors when sitting in the rocker. I was paying particular attention to the mirror. As I was trying to catch the reflection of lightning bolts from outside, this did not happen. As the storm subsided, as I was looking directly into the glass, I noticed a strange shift of a room and caught a glimpse out of the corner of my eye, to the far edge of the mirror, a dark figure with fur. As soon as I focused on this image, it shrunk back into the woodwork frame, this scared the bejesus out of me, and I ran from the room, shouting to my grandmother that there's a monster in the mirror. She replied to my amazement, Don't worry, that's Furry Jack. He lives in the mirror. I was shocked. She told me that she too had in, I had seen him when uh, she was a child, and he was the mirror guardian. Don't worry. he will not harm you. This happened a couple more times. Each time, all I could see was the outline of a Furry creature, and when trying to focus on it, it moved out of sight, but it was definitely there. Anyway, time moved on, and my grandmother passed away a few years later. The house and all contents were sold, including the mirror, after her death. Dad would not talk about what I saw in the mirror, telling me that grandmother was always making up tall tales. It was strange, though, during the sale of the house, the mirror mom was adamant that the mirror was to be sold no matter what give it away if you have to that thing creeps me out Mum and dad to this day refuse to talk about it and we do not own any mirrors in our house
1: i could only picture in my mind one of the critters from where the wild things are <laughs> just like peeking through the mirror yeah did you ever read that as a kid
0: Yes. I don't recall much of it, but I do remember reading it as a child or having it read to me.
1: If your grandmother said, oh, that's just so-and-so, he lives in the mirror, how would you feel about that?
0: (laughs) At which point in time was my grandma saying this to me? Was this when she was lucid? When she was
1: lucid. Okay. (laughs) About an actual object. Okay.
0: It wasn't the sailboats are out the window. No. Okay. Um... Yeah, I would be a little weirded out by that.
1: I would, too. I don't think I'd feel comfortable.
0: Yeah, I, uh... I don't know. I, I, know. I don't know if my grandma had any ghost stories. I never really asked her about that. Yeah. I wonder how she was... If she... I don't know. I should ask my mom if my grandma had any ghost stories. I don't know. I don't know why I never asked her about that stuff. I really wasn't doing much with ghosts at the time. She knew I liked ghosts. She probably didn't want to scare me when I was a kid. Yeah. You know? But, um, my, my grandmother talked about death a lot Okay, when she was alive and before, like, before it was like close to death. I Uh mean, like when she was younger, it was always like, it's kind of (laughs) morbid. She she had a morbid sense of humor. You know, I remember that, but, uh, yeah, I'd be a little creeped out.
1: I would too. So,
0: yeah. (laughs) 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, If you haven't already done so, make sure uh, you press subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to us on. Keep those shows coming to you. Marilyn writes in, Hi guys, I'm a new listener to your show, but I'm completely in love with it, and your stories have kept me awake many times on my long nightly drives. Thank you for taking such a serious interest in a very controversial topic, and I'm glad listeners like me finally have a form to tell their stories without being laughed at, but I agree. Address. I'm writing you today to see if you could possibly help my family and me with a haunting that's been occurring on a semi regular basis in our home for the last 10 years. It's followed us to three different houses and has tormented my nephew since he was a toddler. Oh, just talking about it angers me. I'm hoping that by sharing this, you can help or give some advice or ideas on what we could try in order to be rid of it. If you can't, then I guess you get a good story to tell your listeners. Anyway, I first became aware of this haunting about five years ago. I had to quit my job and decided to move back home. But since I had no apartment yet, my sister asked me to stay with her in her large home until I found a place to live. She'd gotten used to people living with her since, at the time, she had two sons and our grandmother had moved in after our grandfather passed away suddenly years ago. Our mother also occupied a room in the house, so with the kids, there were three adults and two children in a four-bedroom house. The boys, age five and three, slept in bunk beds on the first floor in a bedroom that was around the corner of my mom's room. While my grandmother and sister slept upstairs in rooms divided by a hallway, I had been in the house for about three days. On the third night, I woke up to my sister's older son running into the room and slamming the door behind him. I was sleeping on an air mattress on my sister's floor. When I sat up, he bolted across the room at me with the most horrified and frantic look on his face. I'll never forget that look as long as I live, and as he came towards me, he started screaming for his mother, thinking it was a bad dream. I wrapped my arms around him and tried to comfort him, but he was inconsolable. "'By this time, all the noise had woken up my sister, "'and she immediately came across the room "'and took her son from me. "'I told her that he must have had a nightmare, "'and all my sister did was give me a dark look "'and shook her head no. "'She put her finger to her lips "'and then pointed towards the door. "'Since the staircase in our home can be a tad steep, "'we always keep the stairway light on at night, "'just in case the kids need to come upstairs. "'As I turned my gaze to the door, "'I saw shadows moving quite quickly under the door. "'I instantly felt dread at saying this, "'and since I'm not a particularly courageous woman, "'I laid in bed for hours watching those shadows move under the door "'and listening to the sounds of my nephew's crying "'slowly die down as his mother held him. "'Soon he was asleep, and almost at the same time "'he was breathing heavily. "'The shadows stopped, and the feeling of terror left me. "'It was then that my sister rolled her son away from her, tucked him in, and joined me on the bed for a quiet talk that reminded me of when we were young. I had many questions and concerns as she answered them. I learned that this wasn't a rare occurrence, and it had in fact been happening for years. It began when my nephew was just a year old. My sister was living alone at this time, and she was watching TV one night, and she heard Sammy crying from his bedroom. She said there was something different about his crying this time. There was an urgency, a terror in his voice that she had never heard before. And when she rushed to his room, she threw the door open, fully expecting to find him on the floor from climbing out of his crib or perhaps his fingers being pinched by something. However, what she found was an empty room. And when she went to the crib, Sammy was inside crying frantically. She scooped him up and decided he probably needed a bottle, but as she walked out, a slight shadow shift of the corner "'of her eye caught her attention. Three corners of the room were brightly lit, "'but the fourth was shrouded in a black cloud-like figure "'that simply stayed there, not moving. "'As my sister moved closer to inspect the figure, "'Sammy's crying intensified further, "'and suddenly she felt like someone "'was directly in front of her face, "'staring angrily at her. "'She stopped, completely terrified, "'and after about a full minute, "'the cloud disappeared.' Or dissipated, and so did the feeling. She immediately ran from the room, closed the door, and refused to re-enter it, even leaving his crib behind when she moved. For about six months after moving, she said things were calm, but soon it all started happening again. Sammy would wake up screaming, terrified and frantic, and as soon as my sister came into the room, the feeling would hit her that she wasn't welcome in his room. So from time to time... He was, uh, from when he was one until he was three, Sammy slept in his mom's room. Still, not as often as before, but still quite regularly, the black figure came, and soon my sister stopped being scared and started being pissed off. She started telling it to go away the moment she felt it come into the room. When I asked her if that helped, she said, I like to believe it does, but we both had a feeling it didn't. In the year before I came to stay with her, with Sammy in his own room, yet again the occurrences had started picking up in frequency, and when asked, Sammy said that it was not one but two ghosts had frightened him, he told his mom that it was an old woman and a man who stand next to his bed and whisper evil things in his ear. They tell him that they're going to kill him or steal his brother or kill his dog or his mom, and when he was asked to describe what they looked like, he said they have no eyes and no mouths, only black holes where they're supposed to be. He said they don't physically touch him, but they do whisper, sometimes for hours without pause. Needless to say, after hearing about all this, I became concerned, but I did dismiss it a little as an overly dramatic sister and maybe the family cat or dog casting shadows down the hallway. The next day, I asked my grandmother if she had gotten up in the night, and which she said no, which makes sense since the movement under the door that night was way too quick for a 68-year-old woman. I did my best to dismiss it from my mind, and I almost did. About a week later, at around 2 a.m., I was in the dining room, watching a movie on my laptop. I've always been a night owl, so I was the only one up while everyone else was asleep. I had earbuds in, so I wouldn't wake anyone. As I'm sitting there, I'm suddenly aware that I'm not alone in the room. Expecting to see one of the kids, I took my earbuds out and turned around. I saw nothing there. No kids, no adults, not even the cat, but still the feeling didn't leave. And as I sat there, it seemed that the room got slightly darker around me. Not trying to get spooked, I told myself that I was simply tired and decided to finish the movie and then go to bed. I dismissed the occurrence, put my earbuds back in, and tried to get back into the movie, but it wasn't long before I felt another noticeable shift in the room's atmosphere. When I saw something move in the corner of my eye, I took out my earbuds and sat quietly listening to the silence of the house. It wasn't long before I heard, not loud, but audible voices coming from my nephew's room, including a very loud whisper of my nephew's name. gave me a chill, but I figured my nephew had probably woken up and was talking. When I reached the half-open door, I pushed it open, and as soon as I... As soon as it started to swing open, the whispers instantly stopped. Walking into the room, I immediately felt what my sister felt that day when her son was a year old. I didn't see a black figure, but I immediately knew I wasn't welcome, and I felt uh, fear completely closed my throat and kick-started my heart into overdrive. I would have to equate the feeling I felt to walking down a dark city alley and seeing a dark figure hiding against the building right next to you. It's a terrifying feeling. "'but I swallowed it. "'I checked to see that my nephews were both sleeping "'and the feeling of fear was instantly replaced with anger. "'I was mad that whoever or whatever this thing was "'had decided to torment my sweet-natured nephew "'and ruin his childhood with this bullshit. "'So with the pure rage inside me, "'I stood in the middle of the room and said in a normal, "'yet stern voice, "'You are not welcome here. "'You are not welcome in this house. "'You need to leave this boy and his family alone "'in the name of God.' After that, I stayed in his room all night, and while the feeling did leave, I was a dummy to think I had solved this problem. It was it long before they returned, and as much as I hate to say it, they still visit him to this day. He's now ten years old, and while they still visit regularly, he has learned to not be so scared of them. Actually, the whole family has learned this. For a while, we tried we tried different things, a house blessing, a priest, baptism of Sammy, and the only thing that worked was a rosary that he slept with every night, but after replacing them almost weekly, after they were stolen from under his pillow, we stopped Sammy and just accepted that these beings would forever be there. I'd love someday to tell him that they will go away, but just don't know. They've never appeared to his younger brother, and the adults of the family have only seen dark figures hanging out in the corner of the rooms, never an old man or lady. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I have another story to tell, but I'll save it for another time since I've already written a book for you here. Keep up the great work. Sincerely, Marilyn.
1: That is probably one of the most helpless situations I can imagine, And I don't really have anything to suggest because it sounds like they've tried everything. I mean, if even the rosaries are disappearing, I don't really know what to do next.
0: I would put some crucifixes up on the walls.
1: Do you think they're going to disappear?
0: I don't know. It's worth a try.
1: It is worth a try.
0: Um, I would do that. Um, I would also do some examination of what pieces of furniture did you happen to purchase around the time when this uh, stuff started happening back when he was really young
1: do you think something's haunted
0: well if nothing was happening to Marilyn, uh, not to Marilyn but to her sister uh, prior to the kids hmm or uh, you know prior to being about one is that about when he said she said that it started happening if I remember correctly
1: I think Think so, and it's. I mean, she said too that when they moved the first time, that she even left the crib.
0: Okay. Well, I. If it's moving with them.
1: It is moving with them.
0: So I try to examine what else you're moving with you. Okay. And can you pinpoint anything that may have been attained around the time this stuff started happening? What did you get? I mean, especially when you have a kid, you usually get a lot of new stuff, you know, furniture, or things of this. Either uh, there's a lot of hand-me-down things that come up, you know, about or secondhand things just because, you know, kids grow. So right. there's a lot of that. Um, I I would try and identify some of that. <laughs> when she said bunk bed immediately, well, my mind went there. But this is, it sounds like this was happening prior to bunk bed. Yeah. Unless you had the bunk bed in storage or something and you brought it out. Um, we've had some interesting stories of bunk beds yeah, on this show. Um, and then I even brought up the, the, the haunted bunk bed story from Unsolved Mysteries in the early 90s, late 80s in Horicon, Wisconsin, where they went and destroyed the bunk bed and the weird shit stopped happening. Um, but there was a bunk bed story on our show not that long ago or last year sometime where they found symbols written underneath the wood of the bed like satanic symbols on the frickin bed you know and they bought it at you know your atypical mattress bed store
1: it was if i believe it was on the wood under the fabric on the box springs
0: yeah where you wouldn't
1: you wouldn't have a child have access to that to where they can write on it
0: exactly um (laughs) look at the bunk bed um but i mean that i i don't know if that fits into the timeline also well uh but unless it was around you know i i don't know uh but it sounds like it was happening before you attained the bunk bed so my I, i really don't have a solution other than i would essentially do some process of elimination here yeah what what changed when this stuff started happening? What, what things were acquired? Uh, who's come into your life, come out of your life? Take a look at some of those things mm-hmm. and see if you can start to try and pinpoint something happening there. But I'm wondering if it's object-related.
1: Let's hope so. so let's... I don't think
0: it's house-related.
1: No, let's hope it's object-related to where they can... figure out what object it is and
0: don't burn whatever it is if you try and just get rid of whatever it is you know you're trying like just literally bury it or you know just dispose of it in some way shape or form where it's not going to be essentially incinerated Right. For lack of a better term, that would be uh, because otherwise those things can return to you. Uh, There you go. 855 853 4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Of course, you can write in your stories on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Kathy in California.
3: Hi, my name is Kathy, and I've got a heck of a ghost story a couple of years back. We were very young and living in California, and by the way, California did have a law that you had to claim that the house was uh, not right. (laughs) Anyway, we moved in, and my husband was a longshore trucker from one end of the state to the other, and I was always left alone with our young son. My son was about five months old. We moved in, and it was a beautiful home, and he couldn't walk or get out of the crib. He was only five months. I noticed the first week was a lot of noises, but I ignored it. My husband was on the road the whole time. And I had put the baby down for bed in the nursery. And earlier I had gone shopping. And I was in the living room watching TV. This was like a week later. And I hear the baby gibbering and laughing and making noises. So this is about 11 o'clock. I get up and I go check on him. He's laying in the crib, and it looks like there's blood all up and down the wall, all over him, all over the crib. And I panicked at the door. I was so scared. And then I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. So I ran over to get him, and I realized it had a smell. It was ketchup. Ketchup. The bottle was brand new, laying on the floor, empty. I went in and picked him up and ran out of the room, washed him up, put him safely in the living room near me, and I went and walked over to the fridge. The new bottle of ketchup that afternoon I had gone shopping was the bottle that was laying in the, his room. I then turned around and went back and sat on the couch with him. Later, I took and put him in bed at my in the master bedroom. Well, a couple of weeks later, I hear footsteps and mumbling and growling and grumbling but I couldn't understand what was going on and it was coming out of the bedroom the master bedroom I went in there and I looked around and I could hear people moving and talking this went on for about four or five days one night oh I guess it was about nine at night I went in from taking a shower and started toward the bedroom door I got to the bedroom door and we had a massive fireplace brick one in the bedroom. I looked up and there was a man's shadow on each side of it and they were facing each other. I could see every bit of their outlines and they were just roaring at each other and it sounded like just going on and on. And I'm just standing there froze and I'm watching them and suddenly they both went toward each other And you could see their arms come out, grabbing each other, and they disappeared. This went on one other time a week later, and I said, that's it, that's it. So I called the manager of the house, and he goes, oh, you must have been dreaming. No such thing happened there, nothing like that. You know, you're all right. I'll be around to collect the rent. I'll meet you at the door. Get that? He never came in the first month we were there to collect the rent. He stood outside and then more or less ran toward his car after he paid, I paid the rent. Anyway, I was a few days later. When my husband got home, and he said something to me. We had had dinner, and he said he wanted something out of the bedroom. I walked in, and I was looking around, and I spotted what he wanted. And I looked up, and this guy was standing there with a look on his face like he could kill me. And I could see him as clear as I see my husband. And he started roaring at me. I turned around, I ran in, I told my husband, get the baby, we're leaving. He said, what, what, what? I said, do it. We got in the car, went to my parents. And the next day I called him, the owner. And I said, what is going on in this house? And I told him the whole story. And he goes, well, well, and he kept trying to get out of it talking to me I said you better tell me and he says well there were two guys in there that were lovers they killed each other in front of the fireplace over jealousy or something and the boots that you hear the shoes that was one of their friends that got so distraught he supposedly hung himself in the, in the backyard and I said oh my god I said so it was haunted And he goes, well, you know, that's your word against mine, but I'll give you back your month's rent. Needless to say, I lived through it, and I lived through a second haunted house, too. Thank you so much, and I do believe I've had my own experiences. And those who laugh it off, maybe their time will come. Thank you so much. Bye.
0: Thank you uh, for calling in, Kathy, and sharing your story with us. It was fun hearing our sh- our show in the background, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a sign of a good listener. Thank you so much. Next time you call in, if you would, please be sure to turn that down. It can be a little bit distracting for some folks. But um, interesting story. I'd be freaking out if there was the ketchup. I mean, oh yeah, yeah my God.
1: I'm glad that <sighs> the landlord offered to give the money back so they could move. But good grief. How do you rent out some place like that to a family, especially a family that's got little kids?
0: Well, if you're don't if you don't believe in ghosts and you you know something happened there and property and it's a rental property, you're going to keep wanting to make money on your rental property. You're not going to be like, "Yeah, well, you guys made some poor decisions, so I'm going to be out of money now for the rest of my investment."
1: I know, and I I understand that, but the thing is, this particular landlord seemed to acknowledge that there was stuff going on. Yeah,
0: that's the thing. He was aware. He
1: was aware. He wouldn't even go in there.
0: Yeah. So
1: to, that that's to me, that's not somebody that's not believing. That's just somebody that's chicken shit.
0: Yeah, that's probably the case there. But do you? You're not gonna. I mean. Think of it, though, from a uh, somebody who's trying to rent out a place perspective. Are they really going to tell the people, hey, by the way, is there a right person to rent the place to? I mean, I get, you know, you don't want to rent it to a family with kids and stuff. That's, you know, but I mean, so would would renting it to a single guy be any better? You know, (laughs)
1: you know, there are a lot of people that don't believe Sure. In ghosts for the reason they've either never had an experience, maybe they're completely sure. not sensitive to it at all, so they, they may not they may likely never have an experience. Sure. That would be your go to. Somebody that's just kind of a non it, it's not going to affect them. It may, but it may not.
0: See, so you, you could advertise the place as very haunted, but not haunted at all if you don't believe in ghosts. No. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, that's kind of, you know, cause well, if that, you don't believe in it, it's not honest.
1: That's not how you advertise it. Sure. But what I'm saying is hopefully, you know, you if you do this on the up and up and you mention, hey, you know, we've had some people think that this might be haunted, you could easily find somebody that, well, I don't believe in that anyway. Sure. Yeah, you got
0: a point. And it happens. We've had stories like that. Right. Where people go, yeah, they told us that up front, and I didn't believe in ghosts, and now I do. So I'm writing in my story to you. So I don't think there's any rules with renting that you have to disclose anything. Murders, homicides. I don't
1: know if renting. Suicides. No, I think there is with sale. Yeah, with actual
0: property sale. Mm -hmm. I don't think renting. Maybe in some states, but I, I think a majority, there's nothing that needs to be disclosed. Yeah. But thanks to the wonderful world of the internets, yeah, if you can Google a little bit, you can pretty much find anything out you want. Sure can. For the most part. There's some things you can and can't find, but, but for the most part. Uh, let's do one more call before we wrap up the show today. Hello. Hey, guys. Um, I just started
4: listening to your show, and uh, it's, it's been pretty interesting so far. Um, the first episode I listened to was the one about uh, Annabelle Cursed, uh, Annabelle Haunted Doll, uh, the you know, raggedy Ann doll, Um yeah, anyway, I thought, thought, thought that was interesting, so I decided to keep listening. Um, anyway, so here's my story. Um, I had lived in Florida at the time. I was pretty young. I think I was like nine or ten. And uh, my dad had passed away when I was about seven, and he had bought me a Pikachu doll. It was one of those electronic ones where you squeeze the paw, and it says Pikachu, because I loved Pokemon when I was a kid. It says Pikachu, and the, and the cheeks light up and everything, and... It was, it was a great toy. It was like one of my favorite things that he'd ever bought me. Well, it was the only thing I had left from him because we'd moved various times um, since he had died. And I was with my friends. I had two friends over. Um, it was my birthday. It was a Saturday night. That's why, we were, that's why they were there. We were all hanging out. We were playing poker. And um, out of nowhere, we hear my Pikachu doll say Pikachu. We, lo- we, ball- we all looked over and looked at the doll and we were like, did that really just happen? And we waited a minute, nothing happened. So we started playing again. About an hour later, it happened again. We looked over and we're like, okay, something's going on. Then it did it again and again and again. And the frequency started to get less and less and they started to get more and more frequent and to the point where they were overlapping. Like, it was just stuttering the pee in Pikachu. It got... It freaked us out so much. I ran over. I shut it off. I took the battery packs out. And it stopped. So we set it back down. And we were like, okay, well, let's we're getting out of this room. So we went into the living room, and there was this puddle of water on the floor. There's no water bottles anywhere around. There's no leaks in the ceiling. We had no idea where this water came from. And we looked up, and... There was my happy birthday balloon. They didn't have any weights at the bottom of them. And they were about full of helium. So they should have been floating to the ceiling, but they weren't. They were kind of just chilling in the middle of the room. And they were coming towards us as if there was like a draft or if somebody was carrying them towards me. Um, All three of us, we were so freaked out by this, we spent the night in the car. That's how scared we were.
3: Anyway, that was my
4: first story. The second story was um, I was watching some movie trailers. This actually happened about three weeks ago. I was watching some movie trailers and was just watching, you know, videos. And I came across this one trailer of this movie, Unfriended, which is a psychological um, ghost thriller, I guess. It's coming out pretty soon. So I was like, oh, this looks pretty good. So I looked at it. And it kind of freaked me out for a minute. And I was like, wow, that's a pretty crazy trailer. So it got me interested. And I kept. I started looking up things about ghosts, about demons and stuff. And then I came across this list of the 13 most powerful demons. So I started reading. And by the time I got to the first name, uh, I, I stopped. And I backed out of the page. I was like, this is not a path I want to go down. And I didn't do anything else and all I could hear in my head was that name. It was ringing over and over and over again and it was starting to really freak me out. I was like, why can't I stop thinking about this? And then it all stopped and this feeling of like pure malevolence was just sitting over me like a lead weight and I have never felt something so terrifying in my entire life. It was the most evil presence i have ever come in contact with today and i never want to go there again so i just prayed and was like get this out of here after about 10 minutes it was gone and that's my story so thanks thanks for guys for having the show and appreciate you listening bye
1: okay i think the pikachu thing my my gut is saying that because it was your birthday and that was something that your dad had given you, maybe he was just trying to say hi and that was the only thing he could do.
3: hmm
1: Was just make that Pikachu make noise because you would automatically think of your dad because that's who gave it to you and that's the only thing you have left. And, and the balloon, that's not... I mean, we've had other balloon stories. It's not particularly evil, but it's something you notice.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense for the dad to come back and and do that and manipulate it because if he just turned it on like for a second you know just did the quick Pikachu or something you could easily write it off as being nothing right you know to make it go nutty that kind of makes you think okay there's something going on here
1: well and you know I just had this mental image of this poor ghost dad he's squeezing the paw of Pikachu to make it go off and he's like they saw that do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Let's, you know, yeah. get their attention as much as I can. Cause that's like the only thing I can do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what I would be doing. It's one of those
0: things where you're trying to appease your children and you keep trying to do everything you think is right. And everything you keep doing, they're like, no, no, <laughs> no. Harper was having a moment like that earlier tonight where it was, uh, we're, we're working on planting our garden uh-huh. and putting little, you know, seeds into the, the pods and everything. And, uh, we were doing it on the floor so she could see. And uh, I looked down because I was getting the other one from the counter. And she was trying to lift it up and, like, carry it. And it's wet, you know. So yeah. it's like, no, Harper, don't do that. It's like,
1: ah! Yeah, <laughs> she know? just wanted to help. I know.
0: I was like, come on, let's let's do this. And it was like, do you want to produce seeds? No! Do you want to eat a tomato? No! <laughs> and then eventually she calmed down. But
1: <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. She did not have... Any liking towards your selection for the fence for the garden at all? No. Yeah. The little picket fence that unrolls that to keep the bunnies out. She, she was and,
0: very adamant against it.
1: I don't like this. <laughs> like, what do you want? Like,
0: why do you care? Like, what is this even? I don't know. I don't know. Cause it, did it take up like her seat in the cart at the store? Or what was her...
1: I have no I'm idea. I'm my seat
0: up. I don't know.
1: She is very opinionated. For as little as she, she is. is
0: but she didn't. She enjoyed the fence when she put it up. She Good. was helping me put it all together. So yeah,
1: she showed it off to me, and she said it was all done because she
0: helped.
1: <laughs> kind of like she needed to guide you
0: on what to do. She did. She was very well. She was very demanding on what would where we did stuff. So
1: that's my girl. <laughs>
0: 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories online if you'd like to share your real ghost story with us of course if you want more ghost stories become an EPP it's an extra podcast person get a bonus episode of the show every single week sent directly to you a brand new episode coming out tomorrow so if you want to in on that get signed up now and you'll get all the uh, other episodes sent to you right now so you can start binging now and then get that brand new one uh, tomorrow when the uh, the email comes out on Saturday so check that out five bucks a month real ghost stories online it keeps our show alive for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. thanks for listening to real ghost stories online